recording. Okay, are you ready to go? I am ready to go. We are recording. Holy moly. Awesome. Recording here, too. So, hey, Dan, how you doing? Doing pretty good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Enjoying the new digs? Yes, yeah. I We, as you know, moved into our new apartment uh, this past weekend, and we still have a lot of stuff to unpack and some stuff to move over from the old place, but it is just been phenomenal difference and it's only it's i I looked at a map it's 1.5 kilometers to drive between the two places and it's (laughs) 1.2 kilometers to walk between the two places honestly it's been it's just such a world of difference for some reason just just bumping from one side of a neighborhood well not even just from one neighborhood to another yeah we're just we're super happy here already and you know the building's a lot newer the place i get an office now and since I started working from home recently, that has been a huge aspect for us. It's also on the ground floor. So being able to let out our dog just to pee out the back door and then come back in, it, oh, it honestly, changer. it's game changer. Yeah, because yeah. I used to have to go down three flights of stairs three times a day to let her out to go to the bathroom. And uh, as much as I loved it, I, I don't. well now you have all this free time right like the all this free time all the free time of like the minute and a half it took to walk down the stairs and back up right exactly it makes a difference it definitely does yeah Uh, so yeah so now we have i have my office and which is gonna also be my recording studio and hopefully it kind of keeps the sound out i think so you sound good from my end if that makes any difference yeah it's great well we'll see how it is when i edit it but (laughs) so so how are you feeling about this Ooh, i'm excited yeah the only thing that well that i love it but at the same time every time i research i do research for each episode it just makes me hungry and thirsty so i'm gonna have to work my way through that and like i don't know and and i have to i'm gonna have to start keeping a list because every time I start ta- thinking about one, it sparks the idea for another one and another one and another one. So Right. Oh, this is going yeah. to be excellent. And I'm so excited to be supporting all lo- these local spots and getting to talk about their eats and drinks and shoving a bunch of stuff down my gullet. I love it. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And so, well, what are we, right? So we are Taste BC Radio and... The goal of it is basically anything that you can taste in BC, we want to talk about it. So every week we're going to come with one place each, and uh, we'll try to keep on a theme. So one week might be breweries, one week might be wineries, one week might be restaurants, and we'll cycle through that. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine a world where we talk about food trucks or cafes or grocery stores or anything really, farmer's markets even. Depending on the season. So I, I think we have a lot of stuff to cover and um, we should get right into it. Let's do it. Welcome to Taste BC Radio, where we are going on a journey to explore restaurants, breweries, wineries, and just about anywhere we can eat or drink local. I'm Jeff. And I'm Dan. And we are talking twice a month about local BC food and drink. Let's get into it. All right, Dan, what do you got for me? Well, I've got a really interesting place to start with. Uh, it's a local favorite of, of mine specifically, and it's called Spinnaker's. 
Spinnaker's is a local hub that everybody in BC knows. Everybody's been there at least once, and it's somewhere where you take people when they've never been to Victoria before for multiple different reasons. It's got a really rich history. It's got a beautiful spot right on the water. You get kind of a, a, a really good vibe of what Victoria is all about. So it's a it's an old, older style building that's obviously been modernized over the years. You're overlooking the, the inner harbour and great food and great beer as well. So, And you, you took me there. Well, the four of us went. Uh, yeah. You, me, and our wives went with the dogs that one time, right, and got takeout? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So right. during COVID, obviously, we weren't able to, I think at that time, they weren't doing dine-in, they were just doing takeout. or I think so. Yeah, something like that. So I kind of want to start with the history of it, because it actually has a really, really interesting history. So back in the 1980s, I'll kind of set the scene of what what it was all about. Kind of like midsummer, 1982 is kind of the year that this the whole process of opening Spinnakers really started. So uh, the Bank of Canada's mortgage rate was a horrible 21%, which makes me nauseous just thinking about. Um, they were in the midst of a major uh, midsummer housing crash because of the rising mortgage rates. Nobody was able to afford houses. Oh, ima- imagine a world where we couldn't afford houses in BC. Oh, no kidding, right? I can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird or what a weird time in the history, eh? Hmm. That'll yeah. never happen again. Uh, <laughs> so Paul Hadfield, the founder, uh, actually was a architect by trade. And so because of this whole housing crash, his architectural firm had to basically was was basically laid off because they had no work. And he had taken some time off, visited a spot in West Vancouver, specifically Horseshoe Bay, was it was called the Trawler Ale House and I haven't actually looked into I was just there. I was I was honestly just at the Trawler Ale House four months ago no way really yeah oh my yeah. god i had never heard of it um i haven't actually even looked into it but what it, is it is it a good spot like what, what's it like it's a great location it's it's like exactly what you'd expect from a really old bar in horseshoe bay <laughs> i wonder if he i i have to imagine that by being an architect and like visiting troller ale house and getting the vibe that it got that that must have inspired what Spinnakers is. Because, like, the, the way you described that there, being on the water in Horseshoe Bay and, like, an older-style yeah. well, ale house, it, it it just screams Spinnakers to me. So Yeah, it reminds me of, like, a Br- like a British pub, but well-lit. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what I think of when I think of Spinnakers. So he ended up setting up a team and really being inspired by the Trawler Ale House. Now, the interesting thing is there was quite a few laws that were kind of prohibiting the sale and the, the manufacturing and the sale of liquor back in this, back in this time. So there was, uh, it was really, it, it was actually illegal for you to create alcohol and serve it within the same building. Yeah, so this was in a time where it was really difficult for somebody to open a, a brew pub, uh, well, illegal, basically. And there was a lot of pushing done by uh, Paul there to to get this to get this law changed or kind of find a way to get around this law. So he 
part of what he said, and he did some lobbying with the government, and ha half jokingly insisted that uh, if if it was necessary, he would take the beer out of one door, drive it around the block, and deliver it to the pub through another door. <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully, he obviously did something right, and the government changed the laws regarding the manufacture and sales of alcohol in May of 1984, which. Uh, that that's that's huge because think of all the places that all the brew pubs and breweries now yeah exactly and uh, so this was even a a federal law right so this actually so they were uh, the first purpose-built brew pub in canada uh because wow. of yeah so this was huge it, it was the foundation uh, that shaped kind of the brew pub scene here in canada so really really interesting a little bit anecdotally my dad used to tell me uh, I haven't confirmed whether this is actually true or not, but they, I, but they, but the city of Victoria, back when he was trying to open this, they scoffed at the idea and uh, said, "If you want, if you must," or he, he became very insistent, right? If you must, you can go open it across the water in, uh, uh, in a squamalt there. So kind of just brushed it off, didn't think, thought they, they, everybody in council thought he would be done in months, and like nobody would, nobody would go to this place if it's across the water and stuff like that so little did they know <laughs> that it would become very very successful and i have to imagine that they probably regret that uh to yeah, some no degree kidding. well that's not in my backyard syndrome exactly and a lot of people the same thing in victoria happened with the sewer system there yes. where they're saying oh yes we absolutely need to regulate this and get better sewage disposal mm -hmm. um, but not in my neighborhood <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you can, I think it's apparent in other means, not just like restaurant and breweries, but other yeah. social issues as well. It seems to be pretty prominent. Yeah. So that's kind of the, that's kind of where Spinnaker's all started. So it was kind of a revolutionary brew pub. And part of his, his vision was, I want to kind of change the, the vibe, if you will, of, of 1980s pubs where, where they, the the kind of general thing, like you were saying before, they're all dimly lit and they're described as windowless back rooms with separate gentlemen's and ladies' entrances, <laughs> which is so backwards. <laughs> uh, so he wanted to really reinvent what it meant to go to a pub, basically. So uh, this was uh, a brewery with a full kitchen. Uh, he really wanted it to be a, an experience, and I think that kind of started the whole brew pub scene, and uh, it really changed everything. So when it first opened, and I th I believe it's still the same now, where you have like the pub style, lots of taps, lots of sitting area, some games, some uh, cri or not crib ports, jeez, some dart boards, and uh, uh, just like lounging area, a bunch of TVs upstairs. That's where the adults are uh, are are meant to go. I don't believe. After I think 5 p.m., they they don't allow kids upstairs, so it becomes very much like a pub scene. But downstairs is always family friendly. They've got a beautiful patio, both upstairs and downstairs. Lots of windows, lots of natural light coming in. You got beautiful views of the Inner Harbor. Oh, it's just a fantastic place to to go and uh, really get an idea of what Victoria has to offer. It's it's fantastic. In terms of the food and everything, one of the things he really wanted to focus on was locally sourced foods. So they claimed to be kind of the more the kind of more progressive back in those days, where they they sought out local companies to 
uh, provide their ingredients. So on their, if you go to their website, they've just got tons of food partners within Victoria. So you have Sanit Organics for their for their vegetables. They've got you've got Two River Specialty Meats, which I believe is up in Cowichan. Oh, I don't know where their farms are, but their like main processing is actually in North Vancouver. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Oh, I misread that one. My bad. But they get their mushrooms and sprouts from Salt Spring, which is pretty cool. Cheese from the island, uh, chocolate as well, uh, just everything. And they, they really integrated themselves into the community. I think that was a lot, a big part of opening uh, the brew pub within the communities. They sponsor the, the, the local baseball team, the Victoria Harbor Cats. They sponsor the Tour de Victoria, the Swiftshire International Yacht Race, which I didn't actually know was a thing. That's uh, kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and Island Chef Collaborative, which kind of committed the, commits themselves to regional food security, farmland sustainability, and local food systems, which I thought was pretty cool as well. So. Yeah, super. Yeah, super local and giving back to the community and everything. That's really cool. Yeah, so I, they started that that right from the get go. So it was kind of again kind of a revolutionary way of doing yeah. things. Also, probably a bit of a thank you and a, you're not going to regret letting us do this kind of. Absolutely. Right, because if they had opened and just been the worst neighbors possible, then... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and mm-hmm. I, I also wonder if it's partly like, oh, I bet you regret this now. Look at how integrated, look at how much people love us now. Like, yeah, right, we're yeah. doing for the community. Like, this could have been Victorians, but now we're supporting all these things in Esquimalt, yeah. so... <laughs> so they're they're located in Esquimalt on the heart. Technical. I think technically it's Vic West, so... Right. Um, yeah. Victoria is split into multiple different weird municipalities. Um, that's a whole other discussion. I won't get too much into it. But downtown Victoria is east, and then you cross the Johnson Street Bridge, and Vic West is right on the water there. And then Esquimalt is about, I don't even know, maybe a kilometer past that. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of on the border of Esquimalt and, and Vic West. Right. Kind of more to their... they they. A lot of their beers are original recipe, believe it or not, from like 30 years ago. So they just stay true to their roots. Uh, but they also do a lot of really cool things. And they just recently started doing uh, wine barrel aged uh, beers. So you can look at their their Marielle, which is a blended wheat ale aged in French oak barrels, uh, resting on BC apricots for four months. Uh, you've got the the uh, Vitis Cabernet Libre, which is aged in red, red wine barrels for 15 months. I I think they started doing this about a couple of years ago, because I do remember this happening, uh, or seeing yeah. this uh, available for purchase quite a while ago, but it is, compared to their how old they, or how long they've been open, this is a fairly new style that they're right. doing. Um, I haven't honestly tried them, but I have to imagine that they're quite good. I've had, I don't, it wasn't spinnakers, but I've had a, I think it was Chardonnay barrel aged ale or lager or something. And it was yeah. very interesting. Yeah. It is a really I interesting can't... taste or a flavor profile. Cause you got a yeah. little bit of, it's, I mean, it's kind of like bubbly in the sense it's, it, but with some malt and some uh, hops as well. So it's a really interesting flavor profile. I'm going to have to yeah, and it really, a little bit more. It mellows the bitterness of the the hops as well so it doesn't need to be quite as malty to kind of get that balance yeah yeah which you know not everybody likes a smooth beer they like aggressive hops but for for something different it's really interesting and i'm not i'm not a very big fan of bourbon barrel aged beers i just find them too overpowering i used to love them 
Yeah. But now I just like a lighter beer. Oh, that's where we differ, my friend. One of the very few things we differ on. I love a barrel, bourbon barrel, bourbon barrel aged beer. Jesus. Ten times fast. Ten bourbon barrel <laughs> aged. So, so yeah, so um, it, it's 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 very interesting what they can do with it because yeah. some would say that pretty much everything that has been developed in beer has already been developed. Yeah. And it's hard to say really what else there is to do. So exploring different infusions and and stuff like that is really where it's really we're going cool. it's really yeah. interesting they uh, they've just released the trois to tango which is a kettle sour aged in rum barrels for three months which i have to imagine would be really interesting wow. yeah but like i said a lot of their mainstays like the ones that you see all the time they're original recipe so they're super fresh very um very solid and then they get very creative with uh they do a lot of seasonal beer so i remember about five years ago, I want to say, it was around the fall, and they did one of my favorite beers by them. Uh, I think it actually might be my favorite beer, but it was an Earl Grey tea ale, and oh, oh. my god. Uh, it it re- it was so fresh, so crisp, nice and light, and then it just finishes with this beautiful Earl Grey flavor, and it really uh, spoke to me because it tasted a lot like cold fruit loops and i've always told my wife and everybody who had listened that earl gray tastes like earl gray tea when it's hot tastes like hot fruit loops and now this beer just confirmed that this tastes like cold fuzzy or cold yeah cold fuzzy fruit loops and it was oh absolutely delicious now dan the real question is why were you ever eating hot fruit loops just for the thrill man you know just uh (laughs) just because i can because that's what it means to be an adult I can do what I want and, <laughs> and face the consequences as such. <laughs> oh, man. Mm, yeah, so really, really good spot to bring uh, people. Uh, they, uh, a couple of years ago, just started uh, distilling. I haven't tried any of their uh, any of their spirits yet, but just kind of looking at what they have right now, they've just done a chocolate gin, which <laughs> sounds really, really interesting, so I'll have to try that. A lot of their cocktails are obviously made with their distilled gin they do vodka they do it looks like that at least so again really really interesting and they just continue to try to expand and try to reach uh, more and more audience with their own creation so briefly do you want to just touch on their menu their food menu yeah because you said there's there's a restaurant too right yes there is yes uh they are mainly kind of pub food but obviously all of their meats fish cheese produce is all from the island or bc in general i think they do have to get some stuff from the mainland obviously we can't grow everything on the island but they do brunch they do a lot of sharing plates a lot of kind of pub style food so they've got charcuterie they've got honestly it looks like they have like a fish charcuterie so they have some house smoked salmon oh. tuna oysters with a wasabi aioli that sounds really good actually so it's like a it's like a seafood platter seafood yeah exactly yeah or seafood charcuterie if you're fancy um <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but then they also have obviously your uh, your handhelds your your pizzas they do do a lot of seafood and their seafood is fantastic being on the island most places will have lots of choices in terms of local fresh fish and stuff like that so it's a really nice blend of pub style food but made 
very, very nicely. So you can tell that they've allowed their chefs to have a little bit of, of fun with the menu. And although I'm not an expert, that would be more your 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 gig. <laughs> <laughs> really good food. Every time I've been there, it's just been fantastic. The people there are really nice. All seem to be local and and just love working there. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. The one time that I was there when we were over visiting, yeah, it was takeout, obviously, but even then, they just made you feel so at home ordering. Totally super patient, answered all the questions, let you sample whatever. It was great. Totally. It's really cool when you walk in as well, because you can kind of see where the... Because all their beer and stuff, I I don't think I mentioned, is brewed in-house. So it's, it's part of the building, their brewery. And you can see kind of the equipment in the background. So it kind of gives this like rustic feel or sorry, um, industrial feel with a touch of rustic old English pub. So it's really interesting. And then they've got some local chocolates on your left. When you walk in, you walk up and the hostess is there and she'll ask you, do you want to go upstairs or downstairs? And then you go up these lovely wooden stairs and then up into this big open pub area or if you go downstairs it it opens right up and you just see like the big patio there's floor-to-ceiling windows and oh it's just just beautiful and then uh, the kitchen is kind of as you as you walk down it's partially open so you see some of the cooks working there you can look right into the kitchen there Um, you see the brick uh, ovens and everything that's pretty cool it's a good experience yeah that's awesome yeah they've done it very very well I love an open kitchen because I get to watch everything that's going on. Oh, and you can critique them, right? What yeah, are you doing you over there? Yeah, mop it. Can never, can never really take take me out of the kitchen, I guess. No, fair enough. <laughs> Great. All right. Okay. Yeah, Spinnakers, if you're ever in Victoria, highly, highly recommend. So their address is 308 Catherine Street with a C. Awesome. Hey, Dan. Hey. Hey. Hey, Jeff. Guess what I tried this week? Ooh, tell me. Tell me. So I was at my local liquor store, and I came across this mixed pack of sours from Dead Frog Brewing. <laughs> and I'm, <sorry>. I'm not... <laughs> what? Are you laughing at me because they're sours? No. I'm not... <laughs> no, just keep going. You'll, you'll find out soon. Okay. Is that what you're going to say you had? No, 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 no. <laughs> Okay. So I, I, years ago, I was really into Dead Frog when I was first drinking beers. And then I kind of forgot about them for a while. And recently, I I think they've done some rebranding and they've, you know, gotten some investments. I'm not really too sure I didn't look it up, but they released this sour box and it's eight tall boys, four different flavors. Just trying to remember off the top of my head, there was a blueberry lemonade, a watermelon kiwi strawberry sherbet and well it doesn't matter something else (laughs) but they have these it they have these very interesting mix packs it looks like just pulling up their website they had a previous mix pack of black raspberry mandarin orange pomegranate punch or warhead which is super cool but they're not the biggest brewery in bc they're not the most famous they're not the hippest or anything but they were they were good. They weren't. They weren't the sourest beers that I had, um, but they were super drinkable. I didn't actually get to try all the flavors. I only got to try two of them because we uh, used it as payment for people to help us move, nice. along with some pizza. Because you know, hundred oh, percent. You can't move without <laughs> pizza and beer. That's can't move without pizza and beer. It's the only illegal. way to pay your friends. That's literally illegal <laughs> in BC. 
Yeah. So, you know, if if I had the choice, I don't know if I would choose it over anything else, but I certainly don't regret getting it. And nice. if, if you're out there and you see the mix pack, I would definitely give it a try. Yeah. All right. I'll keep an eye out. I do like Dead Frog. They always tend to do... Is this the brewery that I'm thinking of? They always seem to do, like, unfiltered. And it was, like, the first time that I had tried, like, an unfiltered. So it's kind of hazy. You can tell, like, it's got some sediment at, like, the bottom. And it's, oh, it just gives it a really, really unique flavor to it. I don't know. Yeah. I, might, I might be thinking of a different brewery, but. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, I don't know. But, yeah, they're out in they're out in Langley. I always forget that they're a local brewery. I, I was obsessed with their nut brown ale when I first oh. started drinking beer. Yes. Because it was on the sweeter side yeah. and, you know, it was really low in hop profile. Yeah. So for a new person to drinking beer, it was really good. Plus they came in these glass bottles with this really cool label on them. And, you know, I thought it was like super chic to be drinking them uh, <laughs> when everyone else is drinking like Canadian or Bud Light. Um, God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're good. They're <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I mean, it was, it was good. I would, I would drink them again, um, and I would be very interested to try some of their other flavors that they have. I, yeah, and you know what? I feel like a nut brown ale is a really good introduction to craft beer as well because you get like a little yeah. bit of uniqueness, but it's not overpowering. Like you, it's it's very malt forward, so you get the sweetness. You, it's not hoppy, like you said. It's very very yeah. smooth and easy to drink, but it's still kind of more interesting. I think of like. Yeah, what do I think of? I think of it's like definitely got more depth than or like yeah. caramel tones, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. I remember when I started drinking beer. First, it was Dead Fog Nut Brown Ale. Yeah, and then it was Sleeman's Honey Lager, and <laughs> oh, then so it was uh, Rickard's Red, oh, and then yes. that turned into Rickard's White, and then I went to Shock Top. Yeah, and that was my progression. And then from then, I re- started to actually enjoy real beer. <laughs> <laughs> Dip your toes. And there's nothing wrong with those beers that I mentioned, but, you know, I started to appreciate the hop. Well, they're quite, they're kind of like quasi-craft beer, right? Like, I felt, it it feels like they're, like, the big breweries who are trying to get into, like, the craft beer scene, and, like, there's nothing wrong with them. They're quite good, actually. Like, I love a good Rickers Red. I still do. Not gonna lie. I think I was more, what was I? I was more, I was definitely Shock Top. Definitely Shock Top in there. Um... But I think I went more like island, like classic island. So I think Blue Buck was like my favorite. To, Blue Buck, is, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. So classic, and so like, Blue Buck was my summer for a long time. Yeah, right. Oh, so good. And then I, I think I went dark. It's like I went like dark matter. Mm-hmm. So I went very island based, and uh, dark matter is like your classic Hoyn dark beer. It's so good. Yes, yeah. It's still so yeah. good. <laughs> I find it hilarious how popular it is in Vancouver. Yeah, like it's everywhere. Yeah, well, you know, if a lot of places try to have as much beer as possible, and if you have the distribution like Hoyne does, it makes sense. Yeah, fair enough. And it seems to be popular as well, so. So, Jeff, out of seven and a half dead frogs, how many dead frogs would you give that box? I would rate it a solid 5.1 dead frogs. I would have it again, but I would try other things first. Oh, okay. So you you would look if. If there wasn't really anything else out there that was piquing your interest, you would be very happy to take that box away again. Yeah, it was it was drinkable, enjoyable. I, I liked it. I would like to try the other two flavors I didn't get to try, but what I had was super enjoyable, and I could see it being really good on a hot summer day. Mm, love it. Hey, Jeff. 
Hey, Dan. Guess what I had to drink this week. Oh, can't wait to hear. Mm. So, I was at Moody Ales not that long ago. I, too, grabbed an eight-pack of a sour mix. <laughs> <laughs> something in the air, I guess. It's something in the air. It must be, like, the weather changing or something. It's it's the it's the moving the moving beer. <laughs> it's the, it's the yeah. moving beer, 100%. Yeah, because obviously, for some reason, we have to do everything together, and so we're both moving in the same month. Absolutely, yes, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so I got their, their spring sour box mix pack. So Moody Ales, obviously... Local in Port Moody, part of Brewers Row. Yeah, so it's if for those who don't know, uh, Port Moody is a small kind of municipality within Vancouver, right along the water, kind of like well, kind of like a bay sort of thing. And uh, they have a street where you have like four or five breweries in a row. And I think now yeah, there's five five breweries in one distillery now. Yes, that which makes for a very very messy night. Especially with the <laughs> distillery there now. Oh god. Yeah, and tons of food trucks now too. Always there's always at least two or three separated between the five different or six different places. Absolutely. So super fun place to go for, for a night out or just to grab a, a flight and fantastic beers all across yeah. the board. And really exploded now since the SkyTrain got put in out there. Yeah, so very, very accessible now, which just makes it that much more dangerous. Right. <laughs> anyway, tell me about your beers. Alright, so Similar to yours in the sense that it's uh, eight beers, four flavors, two of each. The first one was a cherry blossom sour, which was oh, just so Ooh. so juicy. Uh, I didn't find it. I didn't find any of these like super sour. So I so they're very much more yeah juicy and uh, and, and more yeah actually actually juicy is probably the best way I would describe them. So this cherry blossom sour was very floral very very subtle with the cherry flavor which i actually appreciated it wasn't like some of those like cherry for some of those like almost red beers where they're like just punch you in the face it was a very subtle very lovely easy to drink cherry flavor with a nice kind of uh carbonation to it oh it was fantastic really really the only the only cherry beer i've ever had was a lambeck and it was smack your face off it was so tart and so sweet at the same time delicious Yes. But you could only have a little bit, <laughs> so yeah. it would be nice to try another version of that. I would, less sessionable, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, like you, I always try to think of beers as, could I drink, like, a pint of this? Could I, right. if I drank a pint of this, would I feel sick? <laughs> like, just yeah. from over-sweetness or too much flavor or whatever? Um, or is this something that I could have over and over again and I'd be just loving life? This one I definitely could. I think... I th- I think a pint would be good with this. I think it's a bit too sweet for for me to have more than a pint without feeling a little bit ill, but uh, Mm -hmm. definitely on the lighter side and less kind of punchy in the face, for sure. So I very much appreciated that. Uh, The next one, which I think was my favorite, was the Peach Hibiscus Sour. It was so delicious. And I don't know if it was just the mood that I was in or like... I'm going through like a stone fruit phase or whatever, but my goodness, this was lovely. So the peach comes on like a, it, it just reminded me of, oh, what are the fuzzy peaches, but like more subtle. So like not smacky oh, in the face, but that's it, awesome. But it like definitely a fuzzy peach style to this. And then, uh, and then, so peach forward was the, was the palette. And then it finished off with like kind of a hibiscus kind of more tea like finish to it. So again, just a lovely, lovely beer, not so much punchy in the face with flavor, 
very easy and sessionable to drink. I could probably have a few of those. So not and and not super sweet either, which I found surprising. The third one was the strawberry jasmine sour. They describe it as like a strawberry milkshake, and I actually think that's quite accurate. <laughs> that's probably how I would do uh, how I would describe it as well. A little bit tangy, a little bit tea-like flavor from the jasmine. It was really good. Last but not le- definitely not least was uh, raspberry lavender sour, and uh, uh, the the name of it basically tells you all you need to know. Raspberry for- forward with a lavender finish. It was just just lovely. Nice relaxing beer after a, after a long day. All right, and so Dan, yes. your mix pack. What would you rate it out of seven fuzzy peaches? I would probably give it six point two fuzzy peaches. Oh uh, wow, that's yeah. a good lot of it was good a, amount of fuzzy peaches. Yeah, it was a fantastic. Uh, a box. Uh, every one was unique in its own way, uh, but it still followed the uh, a similar pattern of being sessionable uh, and unique at the same time. So uh, everything I'm looking at, looking for. Great. I'm gonna have to go pick one up. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and you're much closer awesome. than I am, <laughs> Lucky Duck. I am, and I'm there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, Jeff. Okay. What do you got for me? Well, I have, uh, similar to yours actually, it's a old kind of revolutionary brewery uh, that is located in East Vancouver, and it's called R&B Brewing. Oh, love that place. R&B is one of those ones that kind of easily gets overlooked. For a long time when I lived in that area, I went to the new fancy ones, and I was thinking, oh, this is the bigger one, or this is the brighter one, or, or whatever. But recently I've rediscovered R&B Brewing. And just kind of re-fallen in love with it. Tell me more. So R&B, it was actually, it, well, it's considered the original East Van Brewery. The uh, it was created in 1997, and it was founded by uh, two gentlemen by the name of Rick and Barry, which is the R&B. R&B, oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. And, yeah, they're in Mount Pleasant, and they, they kind of pioneered barrel-aged beers, actually. Really? Speaking of it. Oh. Yeah, so they were one of the first ones to have any kind of barrel-aged beers in 2000s. Yeah. They were the first to provide cask-conditioned beer to local restaurants on a regular basis. So it's not they, it's not like they were the very first to ever do it, but they were the first ones to really provide them locally to Vancouver restaurants. Interesting. Yeah. They were actually bought or partially bought, it's kind of hard to tell the exact financial aspect of it, by yeah, House Sound, which is up in Squamish. Uh, in 2015, and really? the having the re the reintegration of capital allowed them to to focus on getting bigger and kind of growing their brand, mm-hmm. and it really paid off because it's hopping. It's big, first of all, especially for an East Van Brewing. So there's tons of seats, right? And they have a full kitchen where they have pizzas and they have these pretzels and beer cheese dip or or mustard dip, which are awesome. Mm. And all their their beer names are very East Van themed, or right. almost all of them. Yeah. Let me just redo this list. Stolen Bike Lager, <laughs> Vancouver Special IPA, uh-huh. Hipster Haze, Oh my god. Dude Chilling Park Ale, which yes. is a park nearby, as most people will know uh, that are familiar with the area. Uh-huh. New Brighton Dry Hop Sour, East Side Bitter. Yeah, so those are those are the main ones. They have a couple other ones that are, oh, I like this one too, Shake Yo Fruity, <laughs> which is an IPA milkshake. Yeah, so they've got they've got some great beers. I love uh, I love going there. I recently um, my wife and I have had gone there after 
some long runs to kind of refuel with some beer and pizza because it's local. There's free parking, which is a big aspect in Vancouver. Okay. And the, the food is really good and the service is always amazing there. They have a weekend brunch, which is great. Their pizza menu is expensive. Their their crust is amazing. Yeah. Which a good crust on a pizza is super underrated, right? In my opinion, they have some just some really great options. They've got the classics, obviously, and then they have some great ones. They have a jerk chicken, mm. they have a chicken parm pizza, they have four different vegan options for pizzas, really? um, oh, yeah. and then they have a couple salads and sandwiches, and you know the, the meatball sub and those classic things. So it's really great. It's always a good time. It was the first place that I went after the restrictions eased up in Vancouver and you didn't have to wear a mask inside and you could stand up and walk around. Yeah, yeah. It was funny because it was really weird being in that environment because immediately it was hopping again and everyone wanted to be there. And yeah. so it was it was full and bustling and it felt like old times, but then at the same time it was kind of weird, but then it was super comforting because if you felt like you were home. Yeah. Not to, you know, <laughs> do the cliche. <laughs> and what's really cool is that in the, what is that, 25 years now that they've been open. Yeah. They, last year, won the prize for 2021 BC Ale Trails Best Brewery Experience Award. What? Good on Yeah, so really great job for them and, and super exciting for them to, first of all, they're on the BC Ale Trail. And like I said, they're, they're pretty easy to overlook because they don't have a super flashy front. Since they put in the patio with COVID, it's a little bit more noticeable but you know a lot of other breweries in the area will have the big window paintings or they'll have technicolor storefronts or they'll have big signs out front and r&b brewing they just they're there and they're quietly doing their thing and they're doing it really well subtly fantastic i can't really say that it's a a hidden secret Mm -hmm. because it's not really hidden or a secret but it is one of those things where if you look up brewery in vancouver top breweries in vancouver might not come up first but i i have never had someone there that hasn't been really happy with their experience fantastic well it kind of goes to show you don't need to be this big flashy place to as long as you have a good kind of product and a good way of delivering it exactly uh, a good environment good food and good beer like you don't really need all the flash and it's it's really cool to see that they despite being open for so long they're now being recognized for it. So they're clearly still trying to appeal to, to, to the younger people, I guess, and like uh, exactly. trying to make themselves more appealing as the years go on, which is great to see. Yeah, and with House Sound purchasing it, it's still the original owners that are running it still. So oh, it's still good. in the same hands. It was just a cap- like a capital investment. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really, it's really great to see. And a fun fact, actually, Barry's son used to work for me. No <laughs> one way. of the restaurants yeah no way. so yeah i got to, i got to know his son pretty well and uh he's a great guy and met barry a bit in crossing and and so That's yeah they're cool. just super down to earth and and really cool and it's, it's just a great little little venue and like you mentioned about the brewer's row it's on the bc ale trail so yeah. a stone's throw from r&b you can go get countless other breweries there's there's so many in the area that you could walk to and what I like about R&B in particular is because it has the full kitchen, it stands out from the other ones mm-hmm. where, especially now with Big Rock closing, which was just down the street from them, there's not they really closed? one. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they closed uh, last year or, or a year and a half ago oh, or so. No. So, I mean, they still exist. They're just that location's closed. That lo- yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Fair enough. So there's not really any any places to get food while you're like to get substantial food while you're in a brewery right. um, that isn't run by a food truck or isn't run by kind of a separated business. There are a couple places that serve food, mm-hmm. but this is really you know one unified business and you know you it's all in one bill which it's not a big deal but you know sometimes it can matter especially if you want to share a bunch of stuff and you don't want to keep paying for a bunch of different things but again service you know service is always phenomenal it's always busy but mm-hmm. you never have to wait long for a seat which is great oh perfect or at least i haven't yeah and you know of course they do take out pizzas and everything so oh cool yeah oh what a great spot and I'm just looking at the map as as well. It's very central. Like you're close to the water. You're close to a bunch of other stuff, and it's close to a SkyTrain station. It looks like as well. Yeah, it's close. It's close to SkyTrain. It's close to where there's a new SkyTrain station going in on Broadway and Main. Yeah, and it's it's super bikeable as well. There's bike lanes all around. Tons of people will roll up on their bikes, have a beer, and then and then bike away as the East Van tradition. Oh, yeah. And in the summer, their extended patio, which cuts into the road, is seats, I think, five or six more picnic table sizes, so large groups can sit at those. And because the road is quite quiet, there's no huge amounts of traffic going by, which some restaurants and breweries have had to put theirs really close to traffic going by. And so even though it's totally safe, the noise and the pollution and stuff like that is not as pleasant, whereas theirs is so quiet and off on a lesser used street that it's it's really accessible so that's something i never really thought of having since covid all these uh, patios coming up uh, that are extending into the street which is great because more people can go to restaurants and be outside and whatnot but you are really close to traffic and i know that it's yeah. like, nobody's been hurt obviously by it or like it's it, just it annoying must, it's just <laughs> annoying yeah it would be annoying yeah but, that's worth yeah, it. especially especially if it. there's like a lot of traffic and cars are idling, and then exactly. you look over and they're looking over at you. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, cool. What a great what a great little spot. Yeah. Uh, so, in saying that though, I what my recommendation is, you know, it is obviously you can totally go there and stay there and have your whole night there. But what yeah. I recommend is that you go to a couple breweries and you end there. Yeah. Because you've had a couple drinks, you've tried a few flights at some other places, now you're getting a little peckish. What's better? Pizza. Oh. So head in so my what I try to do if it's not if it's not like an intentional I'm going to one brewery and gonna get some food and a beer. Yeah. Is I, I if I'm doing any beer breweries in East Van, I always end up there because the pizza hits perfect at the end of that. Oh. That's making me hungry and thirsty at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's r&b brewing or r&b ale and pizza house and they're at 54 east 4th avenue vancouver excellent i love it what a great little spot well i guess we should probably wrap this up wrap it up so thank you for listening uh, especially if you made it this far through our shenanigans Tune in next time to continue our journey of eating and drinking our way through BC. Make sure to subscribe where you find your podcast so that you never miss an episode. And follow us at TasteBC Radio on Instagram. Also, we would love it if you would leave a rating or review so that we can grow this into the best possible version of itself. And until next time, remember that supporting local is a vote with your wallet. Love it. <laughs>